Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again, my Senior Editor, Jude Seymour, and Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Fellas, what's up? Hey, glad to be here. Glad that there's football back. I was watching BYU and Navy tonight. Well, I, I wasn't really watching it so much watching it. It was like a massacre that was happening on my screen, but uh, happy to have it. <laughs> Navy ain't army. Oof. Did you hear Kurt Herb Street uh, at the end of the half? I, I actually got upset and I and Christy was like, what are you doing? Why are you rewinding this? And I go, Christy, listen to this, man. And Kirk Herbstreet goes, uh, the Navy, the, the Naval Academy is facing a 31 to nothing deficit, uh, something they you could probably count just a, uh, on one hand in the history of their program, much less at the half. And I'm just fuming with rage because I was like, it was 38 <laughs> to three last year, Kirk, in a game you probably didn't pay attention to. Uh, and, and well, you know, he did seven to nothing the year before. <laughs> just that doesn't even make that does. Yeah. That makes no sense. Like, has this guy watched Navy football in the 1980s and 1990s? Like that was probably pretty, pretty common, right? That's I mean, their MO, even, except for Paul Johnson and you know, the early years of Kenny Amatololo. And it's not like every, even, even so the Johnson and, and coach Ken era, it's not like every time they've gone up against a quality opponent, that it's been close because it hasn't been. They've got their asses handed to them plenty of times. Yeah, I think I watched Memphis uh, boat race them uh, two years ago. Yes. Yikes. Oh, there you go. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, man, it's game week. Like we we just literally talked about something football that's happening uh, tonight as we record. So college football is here. It everyone fucking. Maybe we did this last podcast, but I mean, it's <laughs> we've we've had a wait so long and so much going on that who knows? You know, you never really were sure if it was going to happen, and then all of a sudden, uh, here we are, game week. Um, it, I mean, we got a lot to talk about. So uh, before we move on, uh, you guys ready to hear some reviews? Wait, we got yeah. reviews? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we got we got we got some. Do they say nice things? Uh, just rem- they say that one of them. Yeah. Yeah, they they all they all say great. They're, I got three reviews tonight. Uh, all three of them are uh, five star reviews. So thank you very much. Uh, but uh, you know, just a reminder, everyone, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I will read every review uh, on the next OFD podcast, uh, word for word, uh, and people will have a lot of fun with it. So if you like uh, tricking me into saying dumb shit. Uh, that's uh, that's your cup of tea, and we are at 188 ratings right now. I would like by this time next week for that to be in the 200 mark. I know 12 is a lot because I mean, we're averaging you know about two or three a week. It seems seems like since we've been pushing this, but a lot of people listen to this show. A lot of people do. So take a moment, just take a quick moment, and go leave a rating. And if you have an extra Quicker moment, or not so quick moment, however you want to say that, leave a review, uh, and I will read it. So let's get to the magic. Uh, This one is from Nat underscore SNY85, and it says, here we go. Great pod. Love all the different angles and takes. 
But really, I'm leaving this to hear about the stolen car story. LOL. Great job, guys. Hashtag book it. Hashtag undefeated. Uh, so that must have been left right before uh, we recorded uh, last week. So I, I'm glad that he's got that gift. I was glad I was able to to come through. I've heard uh, positive it's things about the the the, the stories, uh, my regaling of the story. I mean, I it finally got my, you uh, a real title. I was going to tell my. Uh, my coworkers and I was just like, I won't even be able to do this story justice. Like I will tell it and they'll be like, Oh, that's really interesting. But no, like you had to be there for the whole, like it was funny. It was, there was twists and turns. I don't know. Like I I just, I feel like I wanted to play a lot to it. That segment from the pod and just be like, you got to listen to this. This is the funniest thing. Absolutely. You should be showing all your friends that and everybody should be like stealing their friends phones and downloading the show Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> so, all right, next one uh, from TN Irish One. Uh, just says, "Go Irish!" Thanks for the content and laughs. Go Irish again. So that's excellent. Thank you very much. And our last review here is from EMU for Life. Oh boy, let me in, fellas. I'm a fellow e- emu slash brick dick slash penis tower slash MC slash 734 slash Fios 2008 grad and born and raised ND fan. Your podcast is what I need on a daily basis. I have a father of three and married and miss being in college daily. <laughs> your kids must be rough. I, I live in Michigan still and have to tell, have to uh, deal with U of M and MSU blowhards daily. Either way, I want to join your club. Pretty please. Your friend Dave from Michigan. <laughs> Wait a second. Let's let's well, review this. He's he's a father of three living in Michigan. What else does does it make it sound like exactly like Brennan except for the EMU part? It uh, it might be my burner account. <laughs> yeah. I mean Dave. I don't know. I don't know. Bre- well, Brendan lives in the area, so he he knows all about Theos. I mean R.I.P. Theos, anyways. So. Oh man, what a what a splendid man! I, Thank you, know, you for those reviews. That was that was great. I was thinking about the brick dick again the other day. It, it was a I was up early in the morning and the sun was coming up and I was just thinking, you know, there were some mornings you're just I'm just sitting there on the roof of a fraternity house watching the sun come up over this giant like atrocious brick dick and thinking this is America. This is something else that I can see a you sun know, come up over <laughs> over a giant stone penis. You know, the urban legend, and I'm not even sure if it's an urban legend because it's never happened, but the word is, if a virgin ever graduates from Eastern Michigan University, the it brick will, dick will blow its top, it will blow its top off. Yeah, it, uh, it's still there. It's, yeah. it's still there. <laughs> I, I, I'd, uh, you'd, it, you'd be hard pressed to leave uh, Eastern. I don't know. Maybe there's a commuter. It's a big, you know. There's no way. There's just, it's not a very chat. It's not a very chaste co- uh, campus. Uh, no, no, I don't believe that it was. Uh, I mean, and that was you know twenty some odd years ago. Uh, but I doubt things have gotten cleaner since. <laughs> I don't know. Oh shoot. Well, 
I'm sorry, Dave. I have to move past uh, college. I have three kids. I cannot think about my college life daily because uh, I would probably run for the hills. Uh, but uh, so let's get into let, let's just get into it, guys. Today we had uh, Brian Kelly up on the Zoom press conference to do um, some state run media questions hmm. and they dropped a depth chart. So I'm not sure which part of everything you guys want to get into first. Um, you know, maybe you well, I think, there, I, I think the, the depth chart might be. Well, before we get Go to ahead, the Brandon. depth chart, was it Brian Kelly's office or was it zoom background? Brian Kelly's office. Was he no, in his office? Was the, at the time? It was neither. It was neither. This was like, um, this was like this. Now I'm not sure where he was at, but the background was basically like your typical press conference background. So like the, maybe they were trying to make it seem like you were in the goog for it. Uh, but I mean, he could have been in a closet somewhere or at home chilling. Uh, <laughs> but he looked like he had, I mean, it, it looked like a typical press conference, except no reporters are there physically. So and, set aside my question. Actually, so, you talk about the lesser news of the depth chart then. Well, I'll tell you what, before we get into the depth chart, uh, there was some breaking news that happened uh, just a few hours ago um, from recording the podcast. And that's uh, senior linebacker Jordan Gemar Keith, uh, who a lot of us had pegged as the probable starter at Buck, uh, is now leaving the football program. Uh, he'll graduate from Notre Dame. I, I assume that, gradu- that uh, he'll graduate this sem- after this semester. Uh, and then he'll use a grad transfer. Um, to go play ball uh, in 2021, which I got Jude, I got to tell you is a little strange, right? Because like if, even if he played this year, he could still get that year back somewhere else. Even though he's, even though he would have used up his, his four years of eligibility, you get that year back now because the NCAA uh, has that rule. And so he could have played this year with been with a team and still grad transferred. I would like to point out that uh, in our preseason sort of questionnaire session, uh, both Josh and I picked uh, who takes the most snaps at Buck. We both picked Jordan Jen Marquise. Absolutely. Uh, We were wrong. Uh, Jude, (laughs) however, picked um, somebody who we might get into when it comes time to talk about the depth chart because Jude nailed it. Yeah. And like, and I think I was chuckling like, you're so off, dude. Uh, and he, I was wrong. Yeah. Apparently I was wrong. So oh, no. I just, so. I, <laughs> I just wanted to say that I wonder if this is like a Michael Young situation and that, you know, this dissatisfaction has just reached the point where it's not even worth. Um, I, I think Brendan alluded to this in our, in our group chat before, before the, uh, before we hit record or whatever, it's not even worth the worrying about the bubbling and the, and, and, you know, taking all the precautions and everything. He just wants to be done with this for now and just clean slate, fresh start, you know, somewhere else or whatever, because I, I think you're right. I've, my understanding of this, this is, this is basically a free pass. And so I almost wonder if he could have even gotten away with playing four games or less for Notre Dame and then, and then joining a, a big 10 school or somebody playing a max school playing in the, in the spring and, yeah. uh, and done, you know, done a season with them. 
you know? Like so Jim McElwain up Mount Pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a common theme, and and you we're going to see this especially as the season starts to progress. Players who aren't playing aren't going to want to live the bubble life because you can't really have a girlfriend in the bubble life, and if you do have, if you don't have a girlfriend, you certainly can't really be dating in the bubble life. The lifestyle that these players are going to end up having to go through this season sacrifices to your social life will have to be made in order for you to ensure that you're not going to contract COVID-19. Right. So right. And get Marquis a senior. He's not a, fr- he's not a freshman. He's, he's not a freshman. So and if that's, you're not you know, gonna, if you got young guys jumping ahead of you, it's like, Hey, do I want to give up my, you know, a year, you know, essentially um, a fall and then into the winter of, uh, you know, my life and social life, to not get on the field or, you know, I can transfer out and, and not have to deal with this right now. And I think that's something you're going to see a lot in college football. At the risk of sounding like a broke, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I'm just, I'm glad that his plan is to graduate before he moves on. Obviously I've always advocated for guys to get their degree before they move on. And, and, and so we'll do like we we've always done, which is wish him the best of luck and right. if there's a pro, a pro day to be had, then, you know, he'll be welcomed back by Brian Kelly and his staff. And, and I don't think there'll be any hard feelings or whatever, but uh, I just, I, I can't imagine when that depth chart came out. I mean, he probably, he knew before that depth chart came out, but I'm sure oh, when it, it became to. obvious, like, um, you know, look, I, I'm stuck behind two guys that are younger than me. Like uh, the, you just, that's a bad, you don't want to be in that position. Nobody wants to be in that position. So, um, you know, it just wasn't, it, it, he just, uh, he did the calculus and it wasn't worth it to him. And, and so now he gets to focus exclusively on his studies and, and as Brennan said, maybe, you know, having a girlfriend or whatever. So I, I don't think it's, and, it, and again, it's okay. I can't stress this and can't stress this enough. And I've I, had these conversations with several people, the, the way press conferences are done this year, they're not conducive to uh, follow-up questions. Sure. So, and Notre Dame picks and chooses what they answer anyways. So when the question of linebackers came up, you know, I was surprised that, that, uh, you know, of who was talked about and who wasn't, and there's no follow-up. Like somebody would, would have asked if that this has been a normal year, somebody would have followed up quickly with something about Gamar Keith, because this is a name since, uh, since the winter that has been a prime runner for a starting job and wasn't on the, on the depth chart at all. So Clark Lee said he had the best off season of any player that he's ever had. Like, yeah, he, the superlatives put on so, Jordan I mean, Jen Marquise this, in the off season was. So, I mean, you got to wonder, I mean, we don't know the, we don't know the full story. So could the full story be that Gemar Keith just, he had that great off season and was, and was primed and ready and has just decided I'm going to do something else for whatever reason. And then now they had to move people up or was it because people went past? I mean, we don't know. And it's hard to, it's really hard to put that together because it's a, because of COVID-19. Like it's, it's, it's hard to figure out exactly what happened without getting it spoon fed to us by, you know, by somebody over there, you know, how it all, now I guess, you know, to shake it all out, does it even matter? I mean, I mean, so here we are. I mean, no, I guess, it, it, yeah, I guess it, it, the only thing that matters is, is that you're right. We lack that context to have that, to have the educated discussion. 
But the end result is still the same, which is he's not going to be on the team. So whether or not guys had been able to see practice and said, oh, he was deficient in X, Y, or Z, or, you know, boy, he looked really good. And this, this is kind of a head scratcher. Maybe there's something else going on here. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. He's not on the team. He's not going to be contributing. Um, the rosy and, side of things, and it's, have, it's, the rosy side of things would be like if if the younger guys, if Shane Simon and and Maris Lewifow flat out beat him out, the rosy side of things would be like, all right, so our our buck should be better than what we had imagined. Because if if we were most of us were imagining a a better version of Jordan Gamar Keith, now we're having a better better version of the buck linebacker. Um, so that narrative makes a little bit of difference, but that's looking through it through the lens of, uh, of only being positive about it. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I mean, maybe that's what happened. I mean, it, it, you know, they didn't recruit these guys, uh, just because, you know, they pulled a hat, name out of a hat. They went hard after Maris Lewifow. I mean, and to the point where we had no scholarships to give, like yeah. they were talking gray shirt. Uh, possibly for him, and he was willing to take that, and we wanted him that badly. That's not a Notre Dame type recruiting story. That's not normal for, for Notre Dame. And Shane uh, so, Simon's the highest rated linebacker recruit since what? Niles Morgan? Yeah, which I mean, a lot of us have left for dead uh, yeah. in a way. I mean, not not many, not everybody, uh, mind you, but a lot of us have for one reason or the other, and. Which is kind of silly, you know. I mean, well, weren't there like rumors that they didn't recruit his brother because Shane Simon was sort of persona non grata? Is, is that, that am I is, making that up? That is, a, that is a very strong rumor that that may have some legs. That uh, that you know, Cody wasn't looked at as a favorably because of what they saw in practice from Shane. Now, I don't, you know, I've heard I I have heard that personally from two different sources. I would say source two different people. Uh, so this wasn't from inside, inside the program. Uh, but, but look, you know, I mean, like guys can't get better. Like athletic guys can't get better with, well, with good coaching. And I'm pretty sure Clark Lee is considered a pretty good coach. Uh, so it kind of makes sense. You know, I mean, if you believe in Clark Lee and believe in the type of coach he is, uh, then you should be able to believe that, that a guy who maybe was, uh, playing under his recruiting ranking um, can get better, you know, with Lee. So I don't know. It, it, it made for a pretty, I mean, you know, you don't usually get a whole lot of surprises out of Notre Dame. I mean, you really don't. Uh, and today it just felt like there was just one tiny surprise after another. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, I, not to skip topics on you here, but I, the Clarence Lewis news to me was, was, um, surprising in that I don't recall him being talked about. And again, this is, this is the, 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 the drawback of not being able to see practice. We really have no idea which guys are flashing it and, and which right. who's running, where? Uh, you know? Yeah. And so when you hear things like, Oh, the, the freshman wide receivers are really making your mark. You, you're like, okay, well, are we talking Jordan Johnson? Are we talking Xavier Watts? I mean, same deal with, with Clarence Lewis, which is like, I think it caught everybody by surprise just because it wasn't a name that, had to come up in conversation a lot. And it's not um, just, he was it's not just number two on the depth chart. There is a big fat or, or, or yeah. him and Tariq Bracey for the and number he was one. The lowest rated kid of all of the cornerbacks who came in this class, but, and KJ Wallace was moved to strong safety. So right. let's put, let's, uh, let's pivot to the depth chart then. Cause Jude brings up, um, you know, Clarence Lewis and stuff. 
So, Josh, what were what came of the depth chart? What are, what were the surprises? I guess. I mean, obviously, the offensive line and the defensive line were as expected. Yeah. Um, so, so, and Brandon so big, Clark. So, Brandon Clark is the quarterback. So, what, what else are we gonna What else are we gonna talk about? Right. So Clark, Clark here's here's kind of like the the main points of of the depth charts, and that's Kyron Williams at number one. I don't know if Josh is like not listening to you or if he just <laughs> he thought that joke was too low for him, but uh, just powered through it. Just for the record, Ian I'm Book powered. is still our quarterback. Ian Book is still the quarterback. I powered going. through. Sorry, gentlemen. <laughs> I want to be on my little light on my toes tonight. I hey, just feel Kyron like Williams I feel. Not- I feel like some person what, listening to this podcast just had a mini stroke and I just want to like, I want to not be responsible for it. So that's, that's just us, you know, but anyways, Kyron Williams the car keep wreck that just happened. Yeah, okay. exactly. So then Chris Tyree pops up there. Now it's Tyree or Jameer or Sebo or Jafar, but his name was listed. That's not a, that's not a thing that like, I'm that they but you haven't heard of you haven't heard right? of reverse alphabetical order? That's that's a thing, right? Reverse al- alphabetical order. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, come on. It's uh, it does bode well going that's back to That's a little to too new. Box. Box. All right. Um, because so you get over the wide receivers, and you got you have Javon McKinley at one, Braden Lindsay two. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, so, so, wait, wait, wait. Stop right there. I'm going to go through the offense, Jude. How the hell did Javon McKinley beat out Braden Lindsay? I need to talk about this. Well, we're going to, I'm going to power through and list off the offense. Ah. Then we'll come back. Okay. So then you have Bennett Serotic, who we were pretty sure was going to be the starter wide receiver. Joe Wilkins uh, behind him. Avery Davis in the slot is a starter over Lawrence keys. The third there. And then, and then I guess uh, uh, kind of a mini surprise, but yeah, there are two different types of tight ends. Brock Wright and Tommy Tremble. Brock Wright gets gets the nod at uh, as the top dog on the depth chart uh, with Tommy Tremble or Michael Mayer or George Tackett. Uh and that is it on the offensive side. The offensive line is is chalk across what we expected. Josh well, Slug is right tackle might for, be. For, well, Josh Slug is going to come in for everybody but center, uh, and that's going to be manned by Zeke Carell. So let's back it on up and let's get right into it. Javon McKinley, Braden Lindsay, people are, people flip it out on this. And I think it's kind of funny that people are flipping out because I don't, I don't see a Monday depth chart as revealing yeah. as what, I mean, as far as like, Oh my God, they're just going to do this. I don't think it's as revealing as what the reactions were. So in 2018, Notre Dame signed five wide receivers. They signed Kevin Austin, who was the 82nd-ranked player and a four-star. They signed Brayden Lindsey, who was a four-star and the 215th-ranked player. They signed Lawrence Keyes, who was a four-star, 296. They signed uh, Michael Jones, Micah Jones, uh, four-star, 376. And then they signed um, uh, Joe Wilkins, uh, who was uh, 742, three-star. They signed five of them. None of those players who are currently now juniors are listed as starters. And in their place, we have a grad transfer from uh, Northwestern. You know, it's injury for that one. But then as uh, a quarterback turned, running back turned, um, cornerback turned, running back turned wide receiver. Who is the yeah, but who is the highest of all the wide receivers? Who is the highest rated wide receiver on the roster? 
Uh, it's Kevin Austin, right? He's 82nd ranked. It's still Javon McKinley. Oh, that's, yeah. Nope. You you are absolutely okay. Uh, the but ghost. at some point, we we toss out the recruiting rankings. I mean, it took say, him five years. For, what what have you done for me last four years, right? I I mean, I feel you like you want to like blow up about this, and I'm laughing about this. Like no, I don't, Javon McKinley was not the highest rate. Javon well, McKinley was ranked 114. What, I, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, Braden Lindsay must have must have missed a shit ton of practice. And if this depth yeah, chart doesn't absolutely. change by Thursday, I'm going to be fucking pissed off. I'm telling you right now. Well, it's not, like it's not Braden Lindsay well. needs to be the starter on this football yeah. team. I don't like. No offense to Javon McKinley, but come on, man, it's Braden fucking Lindsay. Oh. Okay, a couple things there. Number one, they're not going to release another depth chart until Monday yeah. or until next week. Okay, so whatever's whatever. Uh, number two, this is just the type of shit that happens. Number three, how dare you guys doubt my pick uh, for <laughs> how many times I picked Javon McKinley. <laughs> I will tell you right now, you picked Javon McKinley to lead the team in receiving yards. Uh, Jude picked um, Austin. I picked Lindsay. Uh, that was it as far as the, the McKinley hype. But the fact that you picked him to lead the team in receivings, Josh, you are... But Jude's, but, Jude's right point is, but Jude's point is there. It, it, his, his anger brings up the, the real point. Braden Lindsay missed some time in practice. Flat out missed, I mean, quite a, quite a bit. If it was COVID, the two weeks, he might have missed a lot. Javon McKinley had a, had a good camp. This doesn't really mean McKinley beat out Lindsay, but McKinley's also not a sophomore or a freshman. So the nod to the fifth-year guy who was out there busting his ass all through fall camp you know, the nod on the, on the depth chart. I don't see how that's not like completely transparent. This like, is, it is what it is. This is, it's Cam not like Smith, even if McKin- McKinley is Cam Smith slash Freddie Canteen level of malice right here. This is just, this is, I'm sorry. This is just not, this not, is not right. Those you were your starting that. wide receivers against Georgia in 2017. When you had Chase Claypool, Miles Boykin and Chase Claypool. Yeah. But you can't even say that because you haven't seen, they haven't had one fucking snap yet. If they if they do this that same way, you can. But I almost guarantee you, like seventy percent of the fucking snaps are going to be on Lindsay. I would like to point I, yeah, out. I mean, I guarantee that it. We do we do point out the we do do the Freddie Canteen and uh, Cam Smith uh, goof because it is a goof. Um, but do you know how many catches? Um, I guess just those uh, four receivers had in that Georgia game. Because Miles Boykin had zero catches, Chase Claypool had zero catches, um, Canteen Boy had zero catches. The only one who caught a pass uh, of those four was Cam Smith. He went four for forty-four in that game. Nobody else really had an impact. I, I think I, Canteen only really caught one ball all year. I was right? gonna say I think Canteen only had one catch. His yeah, he just had one catch. Yeah, against, entire year. I was trying to think of yeah. which game that was. It was Temple. It was, it was, it was early in the season. Yeah. He probably caught a a ball at his shoe tops against Temple that Brandon uh, threw at him. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't – like I said, this is is a Monday. By Saturday, even McKinley being out – being trotted out there as as the starter, quote-unquote, at wide receiver – Lindsay's going to see the 70% of the snap time. You're you're right. I guarantee it. I don't care if he gets – I don't care about the start designation. I care about who gets more snaps. And I just, I can't imagine that Brayden Lindsay's not going to be in more than J- Javon McKinley. It just, it just strikes I, me as just so weird. So like my question to you're you not guys, trying to run not, up on but, but, but that's what I'm saying. It's not really weird. If you, if you think about 
the lead up to. And then I think it makes total sense. And like, again, I can't stress enough. It's fucking Monday. And, and she can't stress enough on this either. Okay. Notre Dame's depth charts are not accurate at all, period. They never have been. So, yeah, so I let's do, back it up. I do let's, depth let's charts every, every week. And I'll tell you, by the beginning of the week, by game time, the what they trot out from what I put down on my depth chart <clears throat> is not right. It's not. It's never been dead nuts. So they, they'll fuck around with it. They don't. This is just uh, this is a lot of they fucking put it out there because they have to. man. Josh, Josh, what is what is Javon McKinley do better than Braden Lindsay? He blocks. Uh, so that's my he's so, six foot. He's six foot two and he's more well put together. So, so I think yeah, I'm he, is, Bre- he is I, a I th- bigger wide receiver. I, I think I'm going to I think I'm setting Brendan up here, but. I think Brennan's got a theory about what this might mean. And, 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 and I hear what you're saying, Josh, about like, don't put too much stock into this because this is never right. But let's just say this is what they put out. It's Brock Wright and not Tommy Tremble. It's, yep. it's Avery Davis. Um, it's Javon McKinley. It's, uh, Kyron Williams and, and Chris Tyree. Like what is this suggestive at all about what, the game plan might be against Duke. Spill the beans, Brendan. Spill, spill, spill I your think, beans. I think that they have. Um, I think they tip their hand in this depth chart release because if you were to set up what wide receivers between you know Larry Keys, uh, Larry Key, Trace Keys, and um, <laughs> Trace <laughs> and Avery Davis, right? Which one do you think is a better blocker? And one of them David, spent time. Davis is a wee bit bigger. So you, if if you want right. to pull somebody into the backfield, you probably want to do it with Avery Davis. I'm not, I, I'm not sure what he's going to provide. And Bennett Skoranek is no small wide receiver Bennett's, either. He's a big Bennett's guy. Bennett Skoranek is 6'4 and a big guy. Javon McKinley is almost <laughs> two and significantly bulkier uh, than Braden Lindsey. And Brock Wright is the widest and probably most well put together of the tight ends. I mean, Tommy Tremble is somebody you'd want – is more like a Tyler Eifert, right? Somebody you'd want – kind of yes, split out. Yes. So all of this leads me to believe that Notre Dame is telegraphing the fact with their five running backs, they put on their GD depth chart. They're going to run this fucking ball down Duke's throat. This depth chart to me smells of Brian Kelly telegraphing the fact that he wants to run the football. I think that football, and if you've been watching, if you watch Navy today as they were getting boat raced, part of the problem is this (laughs) Navy said that they they couldn't tackle it throughout all of their practices. Tackling this entire weekend has just been abysmal. Which we brought up in the podcast a couple weeks ago. Right. And and if you're going to do something against the Duke team and you have an experienced offensive line, you have six starters, essentially. I just I just have the sneaking suspicion that Notre Dame is setting themselves up to this first week and they're just going to cram it down their goddamn throat. And, you know, if Braden Lindsay is not on the field in third and seven, then I'm wrong. Then, then, then Javon McKinley is the guy. He had the better camp. I was, I was an idiot. Uh, Jude has every right to be pissed that he's not able to get onto the field, whatever. <laughs> but you know, if, if it makes too much free, sense, it just makes too much sense that this. It makes right? too much sense because I can't. I, I mean, cannot, I'm with Jude. I cannot. At the very least, Brendan. At the very least, this is the basic game plan going into the game. 
as it is with lots of games, right? Like you're going to go in and try to run the fucking football. And so at the very least, that's what they want to try to do. Now let's say Duke like man's up and Notre Dame can't really run it. Something's going on. They can't run it. You're not going to continue to see McKinley out there over Lindsay. They're going to, what they're going to do that is try to go deep and try to bust it open a little bit. And it'll be, so so it's not going to be like only, the which only proves your point, which only proves your point even more. You know it's not going to be like the Vanderbilt game where they just insisted that Brandon Wimbush could throw football. Oh my God. Oh, well, you'd be the ball state too, where he's just doing spin <laughs> move, after spin move 15 oh, yards in the backfield. Was, yeah. Was it ball? The amount state? of I'm sacks sorry. they gave up to ball state. I, I've smashed just those two just stand back there for like, for like 15 minutes. Like I'm gonna do this spin move and then the stiff arm and then this spin move. And he, Oh, here's 60 yards of wide open green. I could just take to the house. Nope. I'm going to do another spin move and go this way. Uh, and then throw the ball in the dirt. I just want to say, um, wait, 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 wait well, hold up. Oh, do you know how many sacks that ball state had in two, 2018? Uh, don't say three. They had 20, <laughs> they had 20 wow. sacks. Do you know how many sacks they had against Notre Dame? It was five, wasn't it? Four. They didn't get a sack yeah. against Ohio. They didn't get a sack against Toledo. They didn't get a sack against Western Michigan. Oof. But they had four against Notre Dame. All right, continue. Uh, I just wanted to say, <laughs> not germane to this conversation, but BYU stuck a Romney in at quarterback because this game is so lopsided. And uh, Dino Babers is apparently taking over the the Navy uh, head coaching duties because oh. they just kicked a, a field goal down 45 nothing. So cowards god that feels so wrong i don't ever want to call them navy cowards come on <laughs> what are you doing Ugh. i'm just happy we're not playing them this year Ugh. all right so so we brendan, t- we have the theory bit. we have the theory in place yeah t- brendan tell me again what's duke's run defense last year do you know uh, Duke's run, yeah Duke's run defense last year I believe was the 87th worst run defense in okay. college football last year. Yeah, Notre so, Dame could do a damn thing against them on the ground except for Ian Book. Ian Book went, went for 159. Yards. Oh my yeah, gosh. 159. Yeah, there you go. But in that game uh, did did Notre Dame have their full complement of running backs in that game? They did not. They did not. So so Brendan over under 10 touches for Chris Tyree against Duke. Uh, over he's, he's RB two. Um, okay. he's, he's got a big or there's a big or there. Uh, my question is, is more, um, do any of the running backs have more carries than Ian book has pass attempts? Cause I don't think Ian book's going to be thrown. I, at least I hope Ian book's not throwing it a whole lot. Um, so that'll so be interesting. Got, what do you got? Like 19 pass attempts for free in book. What's he going to do? 19 and a half number. I think, I think, I think if you set the over under at 19, 19 and a half, think 19, uh, well, well, you got to give the hook. You got to put the hook in there. So, all right. 19. All right. If you want to put, yeah, then I want to leave back. And a half. Are you thinking 18 and a half then? Are you going to, are you going to try it's and get right around, saved? It's, it's right around there. It's right around there. I just, there's just no way. Right. I'm going over. And that's book. Like if Notre Dame goes up, don't, doesn't Brendan Clark come in to get some work. Now I know Notre Dame has not been, juicy about that in the past right that, that phil was so mad because he didn't get mop up time um but well I think they, I, kind of, yeah. they did I they, I mean, I, phil's only had uh 16 pass attempts uh last yeah but he got 80 every, every notre dame fan every notre dame fan that has defended 
like Phil, Phil, like as far as like, they never used him enough. They should have brought him in a little more, you know, instead of keeping book out there, blah, blah, blah. They will bring that up constantly. Like Notre I, Dame is I not. I feel like, I feel like Brian Kelly's always been real consistent about how he's done this, which is like, he always gives his quarterbacks at least one series into the third quarter, even no, no matter what the score is. He seems to always want to get them out there after halftime. But then it just becomes a part where a lot of them don't they don't play the fourth quarter. They don't play the the second to last or last series of the third quarter. I mean, I feel like that's been pretty consistent. Well, um, they, the, ga- the game's throw, out of hand. Throw, throw a fucking spiral. Yeah. Well, the well the other part was the the one game no. that th- there was probably no, the no. most opportunity for Phil Jakovic to play. He had a knee injury, remember? And so that's why Brennan Clark was in there yeah. more than Phil was. Yeah. Phil yeah. played a series, then they took it him back out. Green, wasn't it? Yeah. And then they took yeah, it back out. Brendan Clark, Brendan Clark found Braden Lindsay. Yeah, now it might've been like test. all Lindsay on hey, that, but at least Clark, counts. Is, Clark still, found still him. Counts. Counts. That's right. It totally counts. He can Brendan tell Clark's his grandkids. That's, that was, that's what I was trying to ask Brian Kelly today. They didn't get to it. I want to know more about Brendan Clark because the way this season is set up, the way that every, anything can go sideways because of COVID, like all of a sudden Ian books, friend test positive, whatever it is. He's got two weeks of fucking quarantine action you know, or contact tracing or whatever the hell it is. I mean, I'm not even sure how that everything's changing. So I don't even know how long it's the, not even it, COVID, but let's just, I mean, outside I mean, of last year, when was the last time Notre Dame had a guy make it through the season starting every game? Brandon Wimble started a game in 2018 for state, right? Right. Or, yeah. So, I mean, and this is a year that we believe that Notre Dame can compete for uh, a spot in the college football playoffs you gotta want want to know about your backup quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, what what can he do when when called upon? You know when you need him. And I wanted Brian Kelly to talk about him today. I think they have a lot of faith in Brendan Clark. I like I think the kid's got a hell of a fucking arm. I think he is, and he's got a nice tight you know release. You know it's. I, I think he I think I think he's got enough moxie. I don't know. Was it Clearwall? Someone on the site was just bashing Clark saying that he lacks no leadership and all this. I'm like, I don't even know how you can come up with that. Yeah, I don't, uh, what, what have you I, seen? I, don't, I, I think, I think we pretty clearly put that one into to bed for we now. We haven't even talked so. about that in the last pod, or a couple podcasts, but I think yeah. Brendan Clark is uh, is a baller, and i just like to know like how far along is he development-wise. Where, you know, where's the confidence level if he has to come in uh, with, you know, in a tight game and, you know, and help you win a football game. You know, are you confident that he can do that? No, I, mean, I would expect Brian Kelly to say yes. What did you think of the, what did you think of the, the nugget from uh, Irish Illustrated today about Brendan Clark? Brendan Clark still needs to work on his overall accuracy, but his arm strength is not an issue. I like that. Like, oh, I, I, I didn't see that part. Okay. All right. So guys, before we move to the defensive side, I do want to ask one question. Um, of the three sort of surprises, because we can we can justify Brock Wright, Javon McKinley, and Avery Davis as being the three survi- surprises of the depth chart release. Which one of those three players, I'm going to put you guys on the spot, do you think is real? Do you think that that by, let's say, Florida State, that player is still in that position? As like the bona fide starter? As the bona fide starter, yep. Of those three, one of them probably is going to probably still be in that spot. Which one? We sure. I mean, 
just it's depends on how tied I was gonna say I think it's Brock Wright. Only if they're it depends on how they're using the tight ends. Of if the they're three, not, if they're not, if they're not, if they're not making Tommy Tremble part of their offensive game plan, like I'm bringing Tommy Rees up on charges. Like this is that's that's criminal. That's uh, insane. Right. He's so talented. You gotta you gotta find a spot for him. I mean, so so where are you going with that, Jude? My choices are what McKinley Davis or or Brock Wright. Right. Ugh. No, I mean the answer is none, right? Uh, look, I absolutely refuse. <laughs> you got to hey, you got to fucking pick one. I refuse to believe that McKinley is going to start more games than Braden Lindsay. Um, I guess Davis. I- I'll go Davis just because it's like it's like the the I I guess the most re- believable of the three, which seems ridiculous because I have no faith in Avery Davis. Like I don't even understand. I don't get this. I don't get this at all. I, I I don't know anything about. I don't know enough about Lawrence Keys to say for sure that that seems like yeah. a, a big miss on on my part on their part. Braden Lindsay. I mean, I feel like I Keys is you, a giant. Did you Keys did you watch the game? History. Did you watch the USC game or the Stanford game? The Boston College game. I mean, come on, like let's go, folks. You know, Stanford game was amazing. Um, I, I gotta agree with with uh, with you on that, um, unless. They're doing a lot of 12 personnel, right? Where it's one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. And that's I think if I'm there's at. a, I think if they're doing a lot of 12 personnel, maybe by default, it's Brock Wright and um, Tommy Tremble. And then maybe the slot receiver is replaced by Tommy Tremble. And it's not even a matter of Avery Davis or Lawrence Keys. Um Trace Trace Larry is not even going to be a factor because it's going to be Tremble in there, and then hopefully it's Lindsey and Skoranek slash Austin after you know, he comes back. But if it's not a lot of twelve personnel and they are doing three wide receiver sets, um, I have to agree with Jude that it'll probably be Avery Davis because I don't know um, enough about Larry Keys at this point to to formulate a concrete opinion. I know Tommy my, point, my point about Larry keys is that he's been, he's been consistently put out there since his, since he was a freshman, sure. like of all, all the, of all the receivers, of all the receivers, he's, he's probably Austin. seen more snaps. Yeah. He's, you know, he's probably seen more snaps. So there's a trust factor there and we'll get to special teams, you know, here in just a bit too, but there's a trust factor there where they've had him on special teams too, returning since a freshman. So, I I gotta believe that that Davis. I mean, unless all of a sudden Davis has got like a set of hands that we don't that that materialized. Yeah. I just I can't I can't see that lasting very long. Uh, so all right, well let's get to the defense. But before we do that, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, and we come back, uh, we're we're gonna get buck wild, literally. <laughs> All right, we're back, and we are freaking all over these depth charts. Uh, so it was, <laughs> I, it was a, it's an interesting day. I mean, I didn't think that the depth charts were going to cause a minor riot across uh, the Notre Dame world today, but they did. Uh, and so getting over to the, the depth chart on defense, the biggest – so same as what we did on offense, we just give you some of the biggest cha- – uh, changes or surprises or whatever um at buck 
number one with a fucking bullet. Uh, it's got Shane Simon or Maris Lewifow, and that's it. There's no Jack Lamb. There was no Jordan Genmar Keith. Jordan Genmar Keith is now, you know, done with football. That's a huge one. That's gigantic to me, um, especially I mean, especially no Jack Lamb on there. I just I don't understand that part of it. Um, I, I need some more info on that one. Um, and then just really the rest of the linebackers is a little bit of chalk for at least what I figured. But at corner, and we've already mentioned it, Clarence Lewis is a or. I mean, it's Tariq Bracey or Clarence Lewis at corner. You know, that's that's top-notch stuff. They move K.J. Wallace over to safety. Now, he's listed as the third safety, strong safety behind Sean Crawford, who is the starter, and Houston Griffith. Uh, but then again, that free safety, Isaiah Pryor is all the way down there in the third. He's at or with D.J. Brown, I guess. But, I mean, we thought Griffith and Pryor were battling it out for the spot next to Hamilton. It turned out to be Sean Crawford. And Kelly was talking about Crawford as a placeholder, but yet, you know, he won the job. It's like, what is Griffith and Pryor doing? What is Houston yeah. Griffith doing, man? Uh, you know, Nick McLeod wins a job at the other corner. That was not a surprise. Cam Hart has been a guy who's, you know, we don't know enough about, but he's consistently been a guy that the coaching staff has brought up um, that they like a lot over there at corner. I uh, remember he was a wide receiver recruit coming in. They, then they moved him over to corner. Uh, so there we go. And I guess, I mean, uh, also of note maybe is uh, Isaiah Foskey. He's listed on both the strong side and the Viper side, which is your drop uh, uh, end uh, on, on both sides of the depth chart. A lot like Justin Admiola was, uh, was it last year or was his freshman year? Uh, freshman year. So, you know, they can move him around. I mean, it, a lot like That's the exciting. offensive line. Well, I mean, a lot like wrong. the offensive line where, where you have – uh, you have a depth chart, but you know what's going to be Josh Lug next or Zeke Carell if it's the center. I think the defensive line is going to work that way in a, you know, with both. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who's coming in for who, regardless of the depth chart. <laughs> you know, Or if it even matters because they're going to be doing uh, a decent amount of rotating. I, uh, when, you were, when you were going through the safeties, it just popped into my head. Um, it's going to be a real twin scenario back there, right? You know the poster of Twins, the movie with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, yeah. where it's got DeVito and Arnold back to back. Kyle Hamilton, six foot four, and I mean, in his cleats, standing on the pavement, um, <laughs> you know, uh, the golden mongoose is five foot nine, maybe, right? Maybe. So uh, the discrepancy between those two players is not unlike uh, DeVito and Schwarzenegger. Someone mentioned today that Sean Crawford is this is, if not the smallest, like the second or third smallest strong safety in college football period, which that's a pretty heavy stat, but it's like, I totally believe it. Like, yeah, I would, you don't, People of Sean Crawford's stature don't normally play safety at the at the FBS level. That just isn't a thing. Uh, nickelback, sure. Uh, corner and nickel, sure. Uh, but safety, strong safety, that just doesn't happen on this level. He is smaller than Tommy Z. You know what I mean? I, and, you know, Tommy Z was, you know, I've told the story before. I saw how short Tommy was right there on the f- field. It made my face go crazy. Uh, but, 
Sean Crawford's smaller stature than that. Uh, so that I don't know how much that affects what Notre Dame does defensively as far as from a physical standpoint. Um, but I mean, Sean Crawford can play football. I mean, he's not, he does have a very long in, uh, history with uh, injuries, but he's not a, you know, he's not a whip. You know, this guy's out there to play ball. It's probably, well, they call him the golden. You don't get the nickname golden mongoose. Yeah. If you're afraid of contact, uh, this is a tough ass <laughs> Ohio Cleveland kid, man. I mean, I mean, if I anybody, if anybody could do it, it's Sean Crawford. Do you foresee him? Do you guys foresee him playing? Uh, I mean, last year there was a, a definite rotation at the the safety. Do you foresee him taking a majority of the snap? Do you think that there's going to be a heavy rotation uh, at strong safety, or do you think that he's going to end up eating a lot of those snaps? I'd say 85 to 90 percent at least. Ooh. Wow. Of real game time, I'm not, you know, not including garbage time. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Sean, Craw- I think they're going to keep Crawford and Hamilton out there to play. Uh, and wow. I think that's like they 2018, nickel, where they didn't take Elliott and uh, uh, Elliott and yeah, Gilman off the I think field. When they go nickel, I think uh, Kyle Hamilton moves into the nickel role. Actually, uh, mm-hmm. this has been brought up by others, um, uh, and then he, Houston Griffith would probably be the next, the next guy in. Um, going back there, that, that's one of those cases where you know, well, does DJ Brown move up? I think it's actually Houston Griffith that moves back to that spot. But um, and that could go. I, I guess I would expect Sean Crawford to move into the nickel role, but uh, I think I mean they like him where he's at. So, but I think he, yeah, I think he takes 85, 90 percent of real game snaps. Do you agree with that, Jude? I just, uh, I, I just wonder about his durability. That's, I guess, I, yeah, I, I don't, I, I, well, he's gonna, I don't know. They're gonna play him until he breaks. I, I, okay, yeah. So, and do you want these, to do that though? Do you want to run him into you know, the ground? I don't think that you want to, but I think that if you, you want to, no you're gonna have to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that because I mean, let's just think about this for a second. He shouldn't be there. The reason that he's there is why he's gonna see more time. You right. know what I mean? So, like again, I said real time snap. So if Notre Dame's up by thirty in the middle of the third, and he goes and sits down, they're saving him then, and that's not that's not counted against what I would consider, you know, real game snaps. You know what I mean? Yeah, we get we get so, that we get that. Yeah, right. Bill Connolly well, garbage. I, just, I want to make sure the listeners understand what I'm saying here. I just think that as long as Notre Dame's in a football game, they're going to want Sean Crawford and Kyle Hamilton both back there as much as possible. Now. And just kind of cross your fingers and hope Sean Crawford stays healthy. Because a lot of his injuries aren't wear and tear. It's been like kind of freak moments. His so arm snapping in half come. the other way. Or... Yeah, against BC. I mean, an Achilles injury is always just kind of a freak thing, too. So, I mean, yes, his body is worn down because of all these injuries. But all the injuries have happened not because of really of being worn down. It's, they're just kind of like they happened. Uh, his body, he's just susceptible to it. So I just, you know, I, I want to know so much. About Sean, I want to know so much about Sean Crawford's academic workload. Like what's he doing right now? You know, well, he's Is getting he pursuing, ready to, uh, his, his MD. His MCAT, right. Yeah. I mean, I hope he gets through law school by the time he's finally done with his eligibility. I mean, this is great. I'm just, There's nothing I'm I want more than the Sean Crawford coming back for a seventh year next year because he can, no. if he wants to. I think it's great. I mean, you would be legend. 
you would have to get you'd have to get Sean like a little plaque somewhere, would you? Would you? Wouldn't you have to have like a special marker on campus somewhere just to just? To I think do, yeah. I think make, you name your future generations. You know, this guy played football for seven years here. I think you name a, a, an award after him. You know, at the Echoes or whatever the the year end thing is, and it's for like it's the, like the contributing fifth year senior, like super senior or whatever, you know, who made a positive impact on the team or something. Yeah. That's a good idea too. Yeah. Kind of like I the, just, the Dick Pratty award, but, uh, for, <laughs> I mean, I, get, are, I feel you. Are we sure that Sean Crawford wasn't there? Uh, when Newt Rockney and, and Gus Ray were uh, <laughs> perfecting the forward pass on a beach in Ohio somewhere. I mean, I mean, he could have been there. Uh, hashtag Ohio forever. So who knows? So what what sticks out to you guys here? For On me, the depth it's chart? Shane Simon. Yeah, right? it's got it's got to be Shane Simon because I don't know. You could make an argument for Clarence Lewis being in Kelly. I think went in the presser to to name drop Kavari Russell, but. That's an or. That's that's not quite the same as we talked about it before with Jed, Jordan Jen Marquise having correctly called an all timer of a of a off season, and Shane Simon, like we said, we kind of wrote him off, and the fact that he's this is maybe the most talented uh, talented guy as far as recruiting services are concerned. Never mind, you know, uh, Jeremiah Wusukormoa now has proved to be um, a three-star who's now a five-star, much like Julian Love. Um, I'd like to know their 40 time. I'd like to know like how much faster Simon I'm is. Interested. I think it's considerable, but I just thought, but I don't know what, I, I mean, I don't know what exactly what they are. I, I just think that that's such a big deal that Shane Simon was able to grab that job, force Jordan Jen Marquise to I guess essentially get out of get out of dodge. That's that's a big story. Um, that it wasn't really on anyone's radar except for one person on this podcast. So I'm going to defer to him to uh, take a victory lap. <laughs> I, I just think I was trying to pick people that were different than the people that you picked, and I love ripping on Steve Whitfong because he was so uh, he'd go on Sports Beat like every week, and he's like. They got this kid out of New Jersey, Shane Simon. Oh my God, he's the greatest thing, you know. And it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just funny. So, <laughs> Jude, you gotta, you gotta just own it. I, I, don't, de- yeah. don't defer. I'm, a, I'm don't all deflect. In. Actually, um, I was thinking about this a little bit. There was a tweet from Pete Sampson during the second quarter of the Camping World Bowl game, and I think that, if I remember correctly, it was the second quarter. Tariq Bracey had just broken up a pass, I think, at the end zone. And Pete tweeted, Tariq Bracey is going to be just fine as an every-down quarterback next season, I'm thinking. And I think a lot of people were, based on his USC performance and his Iowa State yeah. performance, were thinking the same exact thing. And now he's an or with a with a, with a freshman. What's Does that say something about Tariq Bracey? Or well, does that say something about thing, the field thing. position being cursed? That when he's the guy who was in the field. Uh, well, one thing about that, I actually agree with with what you said about you. That actual that that actual play. I mean, Bracy got beat. He lucked. I I almost say lucked out, but he's damn lucky he was able to deflect that. Uh, I wasn't as sold on him then, but I was sold on Bracy anyways. 
from, you know, I thought he was coming along. He wasn't quite there yet. And I had hopes that this season um, he would be where we would want him to be. Um, But I, I guess I did not see Clarence Lewis coming. I didn't see it coming from my way. And is this the class that, that Landon Bartleson was supposed to be in? Uh, yes, he would have been in there. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it seems like it's forever ago, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just, you know, good for Clarence. Uh, I mean, cause I, I really, I would have pegged like uh, Caleb Alford as a guy. I could, well, I yeah. Was there some, and they chatter said Caleb Alford could run and yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was some chatter about Caleb Alford earlier in this, in this yeah, spring, right? He was an early, he was an early enrollee. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I just, mean, Insane. Anybody who goes from the boundary to the field is is doomed, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because that's what happened to Troy Pride. He went from the he he was boundary. He had that fantastic boundary season next to Julian, and then went to the field, and it wasn't really his position. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, like, I gotta say too, like I I love Isaiah Foskey. I'm I'm all about big guys at black punts. Uh, so I'm I'm excited that he's. Well, he's third. He's third. I, I shouldn't get too excited, but, but third oh, he's, an third yeah, he's, a, he's an or third of both. He's an or. So I guess he's second of both. But he's yeah. gonna see some. He's gonna see some time. And I remember um, uh, after the it just came up with my time hop mentions. Uh, they did a post game with Brian Kelly, or maybe like it was a Tuesday press conference or whatever they used to do. Um, you know, following the game, and they somebody asked him about the freshman that he was most excited about or most impressed with. And he mentioned Foskey. He said, we brought him on the, we brought him on the trip because uh, we really see the potential in this guy. And by Stanford, it seemed like he it was really starting to put it together. So I, yeah, they were I'm, damn careful with Foskey. They wanted to make sure they got that. Yeah. That registered they, ca- in. they kept that. But, here, but, yeah. but they were really dripping to like try to, they wanted to use him. Yeah. Uh, so they were really careful about which games they, uh, they put him in at. Yeah, I'll say it right now. I think Isaiah Foskey is going to break up more passes than Ovia Goff, who has sacks this year, with Woo. his big long arms. Oh, okay. I'm going to throw that out there. I think he's going to have more, more pass, pass breakups break than Ovi's going to have sacks. Because Foskey's yeah. got those big long arms, and he's going to get those gonna, mitts up in the air. I'm going to make sure Ovi gets that gets this audio clip. I got your back, gonna, Ovi. I want I want Ovi Mitt, to have six sacks. Time to mitt and stayed up. I'm still waiting for Julian Acquara to come up with 18 and a half sacks. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping Man, he'll get a, it done in three years with the Detroit Lions, you know? <laughs> An amazing offseason last year was. Maybe if you can combine all of the Acquara brothers with uh, the Lions, you might get them. You know, you know, Julian's got a lot of good press uh, for the off, for offseason workouts with the uh, with Detroit so far, so <laughs> the hype train has not stopped. Yeah, he's playing against, body. Uh, he's playing against Detroit Lions players. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you need to know. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I guess I am extremely happy that Nick McLeod, at least before the first game, seems to have worked out because uh, that was a big get for Notre Dame in the offseason. Off that was a huge get. Because uh, of the question marks we had in the secondary and all the guys we lost, you know, not just get an extra body, but get a guy to contribute. And oh, by the way, this guy's going to be a starter and seems to be pretty damn good. Like he's 
he's turning heads, uh, making a name for himself. So, you know, do you remember when we, we were we were Cody Riggs two point Cody Riggs two point right? Do you I mean, remember yeah. when we were ooing and eyeing over how ripped Isaiah Pryor looked in the uh, what was it the rope uh, game or whatever in the, in the one spring one. practice that they had? Spring. Yeah, yeah. I can't um, imagine. But this, we did notice the, that uh, Houston Griffiths was running with the ones in that game or in that spring practice, the one we got. I just can't imagine this is what Houston or this is what Isaiah Pryor thought he no. was getting into when he transferred. So, and that's another one too because he. He's an or, and they got him behind Kyle Hamilton. I yep. mean, good luck with that. I mean, so, <laughs> uh, I don't know. But things seem, I mean, uh, the rest of the defensive lines chalk. Hayes and Ogundeji on the ends, MTA and Heinish, who seems like those two guys have been there since, they, you know, they started their freshman years uh, together coming into the rotation. That was the big shocker against Georgia is when we saw MTA and Heinish still continuing to rotate in against Georgia. That was a yeah. big tell, you know, tell about what these guys <clears throat> potential were and how good, you know, they can be, you know, now here they are as seniors together in the middle. I fucking love that because again, of all the, regardless of the, the, you know, come to my house for a week, uh, things with receivers and quarterbacks, there's still a lot of time they didn't have together across. There's going to be a lot of re, people are going to try to rely on the run game uh, and try to exploit, uh, like we talked about earlier, the the lack of lack physicality. Of tackling. Yeah, yeah, and the and the poor tackling. So having two stout guys like that in the middle, and I mean I love everybody behind them. I mean Jason Admiola, every time he comes in, he is productive as. I mean he is a really good player. Jake uh, Lacey, Jacob Howard Lacey, Cross, Jamar Howard Cross. Jamie and Franklin. I mean, these, the depth, Mike, the depth that Mike Elson has put on all four spots is incredible. Absolutely incredible that you look back at Notre Dame teams from, uh, you know, a decade you know, ago, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Holy shit. I mean, I mean, Howard Cross and Jamie, they, these guys be starters. Uh, I mean, the, it's incredible. The depth that uh, the Elson has here to go three deep at, at all four spots and three deep serious. I, I, I just, I, I mean, that's well put. It just, oh, um, did you guys, I love the, did you guys I catch love the, the way that the, Oh, well catch what? Did you guys catch the Bo Bauer love that Brian Kelly threw out today? <laughs> I, I no, I missed it. what do he say? Oh my God. He's fucking loving on my man. As he should, the Subway Domer People's Champ. He's talking about uh, your dog. Uh, he's had right? a great, he had a great camp, man, and they have absolute faith in him coming in for uh, for Drew White when needed. Uh, and it's going to be hard to keep above the field. Dude, Bo Bowers has gotten some love. Bo Bowers is going to see the field. There's going to be a, he'll rotate it. I mean, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be like a like a half and half. But Bo Bowers is going to get some snaps this year, and it's going to be lights out season. Cause that motherfucker is going to go crazy on somebody crazy. He's going to be so excited. He's going to be so, I'm, I'm going to have tears in my eyes. I'm going to be so happy for Bo. So happy. He's just going to, he's going to kill somebody. It's going to be great. If not, then there's going to be a whole, there's going to be a whole opening up that, a, that a running back thinks he's got fucking daylight 
And all of a sudden that hole is going to fucking close with old five, two in it with his grizzly ass beard screaming crazy. And just, he's going to, he's going to kill somebody. It's going to be fantastic. So you're saying when Notre Dame puts up that shield wall, Bo Bowers, the first one through. He, uh, yeah, he is Utra jumping the shield wall, uh, going after, um, Scorpa. Uh, oh, I thought you say, oh, but on the beach. No, this is, this is, uh, this is Scorpa when he, you know, when he came back with, uh, oh, with what's your face's head and he flipped, you know, when he, he completely yeah. flipped yeah, yeah. and then just jumped that whole shield wall. It's a and thing. Little, Get with it. What? <laughs> I, t- I told you like six months ago to read these or more than that. It was during the season. I told you to read these books. Dude. <laughs> no, but, so, so I ordered up a book too. And I have every intention all the time of sitting down and reading it. And then something pops up, whether it's kids or some dumbass shit. And I have been trying and all of a sudden here we are in the season when I lack no time, but I am making it at a point that is going to be my, my, uh, Instead of sitting down and vegging out to like news or like a show TikTok. for a half hour, I am going to sit down. I am going to, I'm going to get through this whole series from, uh, from Bernie Cromwell there. He's very good. So the Josh last is never going to quit TikTok. <laughs> yeah. So the last step chart right. note is That's special right. teams, right? Yes. Yeah. So we're going to, and there's spe- really and- only two note, two, two areas of, uh, mention one Michael Vincent Vincent won the long snapper job. That's huge. That's uh, it, that's, that, but that makes a lot of sense. Pre, Priester, I think laid it out. It makes a lot of sense. Like he saw a lot in practice last year. Um, he was taking most of the snaps in practice uh, because um, uh, he beat uh, out a five-star yeah. long snapper though. Right. But this is, I mean, Michael Vincent's a guy who's, you know, he's an upperclassman and he's, you know, he's got a lot of varsity reps in in practice and they trust him. Is, does, is Vincent at on scholarship? No, no, he's a walk. Okay. So he seems like he'd be a great candidate to take Jordan Jen Marquis scholarship. Look at they get you. a lot here. I, I would I like say that, is, that would be the case or could be the case. Yeah. Unless, and I know this is what you were going to bring up, Brendan, but the biggest surprise, the truly the biggest surprise for me is the fast that fact that Dawson Gopferick is that, I don't even know how you spell his last or how you pronounce his last name is the backup at, at kicker place, kicker and putter Dawson G O E P F E R I C H get right? It's not unheard of. Um, so another but, true walk on and he's back in, he's backing up three spots. I, I mean, this, I, I was just, I, this is shades of I Kyle Brinza. Shades of Kyle Brinza 2013, right? Cause Brinza led the team in punting and in, uh, he was the, he was the de- dedicated field goal kicker. Right. I guess, I mean, I had heard rumblings like Notre Dame was, um, out recruiting there. They might be, Looking to sign a kicker this cycle. What lacrosse, bro? So, <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, that's, what that's what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah, where is where is lacrosse, bro? Kicker. So Dawson beat him out. <laughs> I guess the that's like well, that's not even a lacrosse name. Dawson 
Gup Ferric is like a that's a fucking soccer name, isn't it? Uh, it'd be a soccer name or uh, like a, a a rugby player down under. Uh, yeah, this is this is, this is soccer. This is soccer bro kicker. You gotta ask more. The, what, what's going on with Pacey, right? Yeah, I mean, you got, right. I don't know. The real news is, of course, punt return and <laughs> kick return, right? Is they don't look like they're going to be team. It doesn't look like Brian Kelly's put trotting out John Goodman style uh, or Chris Fink. Uh, I mean, Chris Fink actually was a, for all. If we're being real, probably the best punt returner since Zibby. Yes. But um, exactly. yeah, punt return and kick return. Punt returners, uh, Larry, Larry Keys, the third and kick returns. No, um, hold on. Hold on. I, hold on. I would amend that. I want to yeah. that. All right. He's the best punt returner. I think it was the best punt returner since Golden Tate. Okay. Yep. I, I would take that. Yep. Yeah. Can't forget Tate came after Zibby in that, in that regard. And Tate was lights out. And Tate was good. Tate was good. That's uh that's my bad. Um, well, so I guess since the Weiss era, um, so Larry Keys is the punt returner. How dare you and disrespect John Goodman like that? <laughs> fair catch. Uh, I think he just fair catch right now. Um, yeah, and the kick returner, Chris Tyree. Speed. I like it. I don't. I don't know if there's a, a whole lot of meat on that bone, um, but I like the fact that Brian Kelly picked guys who are fast to do things that require fast things could this be the fastest return team ever for any college <laughs> football team ever <laughs> um, and po- i mean if they put if they put Braden lindsey back there instead of jafar armstrong sure i'd fuck yeah, it. I'd jafar armstrong that. is the two but jafar armstrong is a uh, state champion uh track star as well um but Braden lindsey is in oregon and Oregon's but I mean, Arm, Armstrong's the uh, the safety plug back there. I mean, just yeah, it's a it's a yeah. It'd be Tyree return. You know, that's what who they want to have returning the kit. Yeah, Tyree and Jafar back there. <clears throat> uh, and speaking of it, that's the first time we mentioned Jafar Armstrong this entire show. Ooh, who went buried. from like the offense revolves around him before for the before the Louisville game to absolutely buried on the oars. Uh, at running back, PJ Fleck wouldn't even know what to do with that many oars. <laughs> uh, I see uh, Ken Niamatolo hugging all these BYU uh, coaches and assistant coaches. I, I thought that was frowned upon. So social distance. I did see something come up and said that thirty-one nothing was the biggest uh, halftime def- deficit for Navy since two thousand and two. That's a lie because no. it was thirty-eight to three last year. Yeah, Chris, uh, the bear, what's his name, Felica, Fal- Fal- Yeah, Felica. Yeah, he mentioned the Notre Dame game last year. He said uh, he said thirty-five nothing and a half. This just came up on Bleacher Report, guys. It's got to be oh, true. Oh, Bleacher Report. Oh, no, I'm Bleacher. sorry. I, no, oh, I'm sorry. Listen, and it was from a tweet from a guy named Jay Drew, who is part of the BYU sports coverage team for the. Deseret News. Uh, right. Looks like we're going to have to 
Looks like Jay needs to do his uh, homework here. I think that is need at, to hey, that is at Drew Jay. Events last Twitter. year. Someone's gonna have to go uh, be a reply guy. Let him know how fucking wrong he is. I'm jumping in his meshes right now. <laughs> Get him, Jude. Get him. Ah, uh, so that was uh, that was the day today. That that's what happened today. I mean, do you guys have any uh, kind of grand? I mean, I guess we've already talked about the possibilities of why the offense looks bigger. Uh, but I mean, you guys got any grander takeaways from it all? Uh, I mean, we're doing Duke later in the week, right? It'll be a Thursday pod. Yeah, we're going to preview that Friday morning in your in your inboxes. George Takis got buried by Michael, according to Michael Mayer, according to the oars. And Michael Mayer came in light. Was I wrong in looking at Michael Mayer's um, weights? Did he is he like seven pounds lighter or something? I thought I I don't know. Maybe maybe I was off there. Maybe it's good light or bad light. But um when I see freshmen come in and they don't uh, to make a note of like, you know, um, Chris Tyree coming in a little bit over, um, I always think the way either at, way at, is. at six, five two thirty five. Yeah. And I thought he was like two forty two um, coming out of high school. So a lot of a lot of the guys and what I know, what what you notice here, and it's a pretty even count, like a, a lot of the freshmen coming in. They're losing five to seven pounds from their um, fr- from what their their weights were listed as as uh, high, high school senior to the freshman year. They're they're losing about five five to seven pounds, um, and you know, I, it, then you see the buildup. It, it's kind of you got to wonder. Break them down and build them back up. Bayless, does Bayless know what he's doing? I don't know. <laughs> The jury's still out on whether or not Bayless knows what. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, Coney would like yeah, the word with. But it, it, it's it's noticeable though that they're the how much weight these guys are all losing. Yeah, I mean yeah. they've never been. I don't care what high school you go to, Bishop Gorman or or fucking Colerain. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you have not been in a college weight training program. A fucking big power Notre Dame. Uh, Alabama, Clemson type weight training program. That's going to get you. You you know you ain't ready for that. Uh, so they come in and I mean, it. I think they're. I think that's very feasible that they're going to lose some weight. You know that they're going to put in the work. And I think that's very like Bayless is getting rid of the weight to put on good weight down the road. Uh, I think you know. So that's that's fine. I uh, I just thought that was a, a little bit uh, notable because he was one of the the three sort of impact uh, potential impact skill position freshmen with Jordan Johnson, who we didn't mention in this pod, uh, and then uh, Chris Tyree uh, being the third one. Yeah, Jordan um, Johnson is the uh, spring game casualty that happened in the fall. Yeah, that, because if you mentioned that many times and featured that many times. And then you're not on the depth chart. Just uh, yeah. So you just got spring gamed, which is fine. I mean, it's absolutely fine. Is it I, possible? He's just on unva- unavailable for this week because of some sort of contact tracing deal. And we just don't know about it. No, there's uh, they, they checked out completely. So Notre okay. Dame's going right now. 
uh, at least of last count, Notre Dame had zero play. It was zeros across the board, right? It was uh, zero positive, zero players in quarantine. I think that they're all systems a go as of right now. And um, they're going to three times a week testing. They haven't done any testing since then that would cause him to not be on the depth chart, but also turn up negative during the last testing. Well, I so, think so. Did, has the ACC formally announced that they're doing the three? Uh, I thought it was three times a week. Yeah, it's three, three times, times a week. week. Yeah. It's immediately after the game. It's on Wednesday and it's the Friday before the game. Correct. So, so Wednesday, Friday and right after the game. Wednesday, Friday, and right after and the the one after the game is just to make sure that nobody is um, you didn't get the Rona from the game. I'm surprised they're not doing that on a Tuesday instead of a Wednesday. I, I mean, Tuesdays, the Tuesdays, no, Tuesdays, the, Wednesdays are immediate practice. What, days. What's the turnaround time on these? Do you have any idea? Uh, well, for right now, the turnaround time is about 24 hours. Um, in October, the turnaround time is going to be about 15 minutes. Right. Uh, so, yeah, the turnaround time is a little bit longer now. So maybe that's why they do it on Wednesday. But to Josh's point, maybe Tuesday makes more sense because then you're not. I was like just thinking that. Through. Did you guys hear that that Tulsa Oklahoma State game got moved because Tulsa Pushed found it back. out? Yeah, that Tulsa found out that it had. Well, I guess it. They had seven they practices. They've had seven practices in right. seventeen. So I days guess it's not just a, it's not a new development, but it's a it's sort of like a they can't. They're still it's still not getting under control, which makes me remind think me was there was there a big time of like a big event that happens like indoors in Tulsa over the summertime that might have helped spread uh, I someone's don't death? Think so. Um, I, yeah. I I I think Tulsa has been pretty low. About it on the news, I heard um, I heard some guy with a nine 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 plan went and unfortunately died. So I did like the nine nine plan though. It's good, right? Nine nine nine. Eh. I do love it. Uh, yeah. To- that's that's one of the things about the the AAC and the. Um, lesser conferences, the group of five that I think they're going to have a hard time keeping up with the testing, which is ultimately why the PAC 12 threw in the flag is that their schools couldn't really do the, couldn't facilitate the testing. So, so you're saying getting South Florida pretty early and getting that out of the way. It's a godsend to get that out of the way. Cause I don't know if South Florida is going to be able to keep up with it. Um, come October, November. Yeah. I don't see that either. I don't know. I mean, Cincinnati might like win by when that conference by default. You know what's funny is uh, just a reminder about South Florida. Uh, you know, buck up, you guys, because the AAC media just picked South Florida to finish dead fucking last uh, <laughs> in that conference. Now they might have changed their minds with Navy's performance tonight, unless BYU is somehow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, super champ. Well, we won't know if they are because BYU schedule the rest of the way is a wolf well think houston right maybe is the best game that they have left oh ucf <laughs> yeah. but ucf, uh, but UCF just Army. had like had oh, seven God, or maybe. seven or nine or something like that guys opt out over the last couple of weeks so I, I ucf's roster is taking a hit you guys know that I've been doing this thing where I've been putting together all of the starting like in the stats of all the starters for all of the teams. South Florida's roster is hot trash. 
And I can't <laughs> wait for someone to, as I'm going through it and I'm looking at the guys, that the perspective starters that they have out there, their starting running back is <laughs> everything about South Florida is very bad. And I'm, I kind of feel bad for Charlie Weiss Jr. But, uh, that's, say, but that's does a, it matter if there's a conversation for another, another few weeks, but, uh, they do have a running, uh, a wide receiver named Randall St. Felix, and I'm excited to see what he has in store. Okay. Is is UCF That's actually on their schedule this year? Is that a thing? Who whose schedule? On BYU's schedule? Uh, no, BYU plays Army, and then they play North Alabama and FCS. yeah, it's like Troy and all those people. Yeah, right? Troy and a bunch of very Army bad is going to Army is going to absolutely destroy BYU. It's going to be the flip. You you just can't you can't beat the troops up like that. I mean, Notre Dame did. You've got, you've got two weeks to prepare for Army. I think you can figure it out after you just crushed Navy 55 to 3. Yeah, but here's the thing, though, about Navy that just nobody, like, it seems like everybody refuses. Like, they don't have the, the their quarterback anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, the whole roster turned <laughs> like, over. Like, yeah, you got you gotta find you got to find a whole new set of guys out there, and they just haven't been able to do that. So Army's set where they're at right now. I mean, they're they're in Munkin's got that thing rolling. And frankly, Munkin and Army have flipped a script on Navy in the last three years. Yeah, and their defense and their defense is better. They, I mean, they've yeah. they've had a lot better defense in the last few years. So, you know, I mean, where, where did Army's defensive coordinator end up at? I hope he ended up in the Pentagon protecting our <laughs> nation's shores. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> I don't know. I think. I think I army will put a, I'll put, I'll put that on the picks on the tally point. I'll go find that and uh, lay that down. Since I got since Navy fucking let me down. I should have known better. Womp womp. Uh, nonsense. I know it. I know it. Uh, well, since we're doing two pods a week, I, th- I think there's uh at least this week, there's no sense in going three hours tonight. Sorry guys. Um, but you know, we will definitely we will definitely come back uh, Thursday night strong, strong for Duke. Uh, so you're gonna want that. You're gonna need that strong, in your life. Stronger than Duke will come at Notre Dame on Saturday. <clears throat> Most likely, uh, yeah. it's very likely. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe like the ghost of a Clemson quarterback uh, with Duke. I- Chase. Chase Bryce was named the starter. I will get into that he next week the or on Thursday, but Chase Bryce was named the starter. So it's uh, it's very exciting times in uh, Durham, North so Carolina. What is, what is Chase Bryce get sacked? What is Chase Bryce uh, ranked in David Hale's uh, ranking of college football quarter or ACC quarterbacks? Above uh, Ian Book, I would imagine. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> in all seriousness, like a ninth or whatever. It was kind of middle of the road, if I recall correctly. Yeah, he was down there. I think he might. Have, I think eighth, ninth is right. He wasn't. He wasn't sure about where he's at. Yeah. <clears throat> no, no, no. Uh, not quite that scary yet. So, uh, Jude, you got anything to go out with tonight? You know, I don't think I have anything. That's crazy. I didn't. Uh, I didn't see any news worth sharing. You get drunk with the, You get drunk with the wife one night. I know. Half your brain cells leave your body. You know, it was just one last hurrah before she first day of school is tomorrow for her. So 
um, you know, we had to we had to go out one last one last go. So. <laughs> and, and here's you showing up to the podcast like a ball of rage. You were ready to just lash out everything you had about Braden Lindsay being I, number two in the depth chart. I, I will tell you that I am now the proud owner, and I say proud without any hint of irony of almost every blue and gold illustrated written between 1981 and 2020. Yeah, we, need to talk, we probably needed to talk about that. Like, <laughs> I'll talk about it. So, so did, does your wife know that you get paid for what you do? Here on this podcast? Yes. Yeah. It's the only the podcast and the site. It's the only thing saving me from divorce. I think at this point. Okay. Okay. I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, as long as I think, and I was literally telling myself this, like, like walking, thinking about like, I wonder if Jude told his wife that he gets paid. Like he needs to tell her. So, so, (laughs) so yeah. So this guy, this guy named Landon who lives in in South Bend, he reached out to me and he was like, Hey, I've got a bunch of stuff. I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to, you know, read it all or look through it or whatever. He's like, the truth of the matter is it just kind of sits in storage. So he's like, I'm looking for a guy who'd be willing to, to take it. And he, you seem like that guy. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, so what do you want? I'm like, well, I don't know what you have, but, and so we went through this kind of, not a negotiation, but just kind of protracted back and forth. And he didn't want to, he didn't want me to pay him for it. He just wanted me to cover the cost of shipping. So I was like, okay. And he's like, so what should I send you? I'm like, ah, send me everything. Well, I did not know what everything was. <laughs> and so he's like, the, the first thing he told me was like, uh, there's, I think he said 14 medium boxes and one large box or so, something. I started doing the math on it and it was like quickly I was up at $192 just in shipping. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, I've still got more boxes to put together. I was like, and I didn't want to say no because I, I, I didn't know what he was sending me. I was just like, I was just all in, you know? So I was like, uh, I was like okay. <laughs> no, it's your life now. It's up. I started preparing my wife, right? I started laying the groundwork. And I was like, look, there's going to be a lot of boxes that come through here. But I made this deal with this guy. Like he just wants me to pay for shipping. Like this is a great deal. He's going to send me some doubles of stuff that I already have, but I'm going to sell, you know, I'm going to sell it or whatever. It's going to be fine. He does. He, he's totally on board. Like he knows I'm going to sell it. It's not a big deal. Like I've got this all worked out. And she's like, oh, okay. You know, I think she was like half listening to me to be honest with you. And then Friday, the first 12 or I think it was 12 <laughs> boxes hit my doorstep. And Oh my God, she was like, she was already having a bad day. And I just like, I, Apparently this was like sent her over this sent like sent her over the edge. And so I'm like, you know, I get paid for all, you know, I'm just like totally backtracking. I talked to you about this. And she's like, you can't make these decisions without talking to me. She's like, how much money did you pay in shipping? I want, I want the full rundown. Cause she knows that I keep track of all this. Cause that's what I do. I'm, I'm an obsessive compulsive. I, I have a spreadsheet. I have every da- every single penny I've spent on this quarantine project written down on a, on a spreadsheet. And She's like, I don't even want to. She's like, I want to know the number. I'm like, no, you don't want to know the number. She's like, I want to know the number. I'm like, you don't want to know the number. She's like, Jude. I'm like, she's clearly just really mad at me. So yeah, so you need to put that in the tableau. Of, she's like, yeah, she's like, uh, you need to, uh, you need to stop you buying. You need to stop buying things. And I was like, okay. So today's uh, <laughs> my my uh, mother in law was nice enough to take my children today so that we could work on some home project. And my home project was bringing a bookshelf from downstairs upstairs so that, that I could put all my new treasures on a bookshelf. And so now I have three bookshelves full of Notre Dame stuff. It's I thought you were going to build that secret bookshelf that I sent you the link to how you to know, build. 
I love that, <laughs> but I would have to pay somebody to do that because I am not I'm not smart enough to do that myself. I'm not handy enough, and then that would have been more of an expense, and then I would have had to explain that. So I'm trying to I'm trying to keep things more off the books than on the books. So, anyways, if you, if anybody is looking to uh, relive their <laughs> their childhood, if they want to see a, a random issue from uh, say 1993, I'm your man. Hook, uh, reach out to me at NDJRS on on Twitter. I'll uh, I'll I'll screenshot it and send it to you. Oh man, your poor wife. She's she's really the best. Did I mention that? She's the best. <laughs> I don't think she listens to the show, Jude. No, she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> although although uh, my mother-in-law tells me that she puts it on her podcast rotation and wakes up every time she hears the 8-bit Notre Dame theme song that starts off the podcast. It wakes her out on oh, the Oh, hell yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Thanks, Bob. So, shout out to Kathy. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, Brennan, you got anything to to go out on? Man, I don't have anything to go out on other than we didn't know it was going to come, but and it's been an arduous journey to get here, but it is an absolute blessing that, boys, we are in the throes of game week, that we have watched college football games that might have an impact on rankings, Except BYU beating Army isn't gonna ha- or beating Navy won't have any impact on the rankings because we know that beating Navy doesn't have anything to do with rankings <laughs> at all. Um, but thank the good Lord that it's here. College football's here. We didn't know it was gonna be here. Rejoice! College football has risen. Absolutely, and. Uh... <laughs> You know, I put together a uh, – I actually did an off-the-rail show uh, the other night, uh, which I don't know how many times I've done a, a side podcast and then just end up trashing it. <laughs> like, ah, oh, no, I'm not going to put that out there. Uh, it, it, it was pretty awful because uh, I was – I don't know how many bourbons in. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going to go do this real quick. Uh, but the, uh, the meat of it all was uh, – not uh, not just be happy, but like, look, if if you are if if you were like me and thought that the college football season shouldn't happen, or it, if you're watching the game, if you're if you're watching college football this season, it's okay to enjoy it. Be happy, enjoy the season uh, for as much as it is. I I know, know it's hard and it, and it toys with your with your moral obligations a little bit, you know, but that's all right. It's like cheating on a diet, uh, you know, a little bit, but just, you know, have some fun with it all. Um, we will wait and see everyone's trying their hardest to have the safest and best seasons that they can. And, you know, I don't want to say like, you know, thoughts and prayers, but I mean, we're just kind of like sit back and, you know, and hope for the best. It's you know, like, it's like one a, day, have, have a positive outlook on it all. It's like one day Notre Dame is criticizing Lou Holtz for what he said at the RNC, and the next mm. day they're they're uh, they're celebrating him for getting the pre- presidential what is it Medal of Freedom. You can hold two things in your heart that seem contradictory. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Just have a positive outlook. Hope for the best. Have a little bit of fun with it. It's Pray for okay. The safety of the students. Yeah, that's cool. No, 
Notre Dame is looking to have a, a pretty good season. We're the ACC, y'all. We have a chance to play for an ACC championship this season. Things are going to be strange. We're Things looking to get wild. to 1-0 in conference play. Yeah, Ooh, just looking boy. to get – I think I might even have mentioned that in a story today. Uh, <laughs> like, but uh, I don't know, man. I just I, – I want it. For, for those of you that are listening to this podcast, I know that you're looking forward to a college football season. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, and look, when things go a little sideways, because they might, you know, we might, we might have uh, our, our starting offensive line out, uh, <laughs> you know, because of COVID or something like that just take it, take it for, you know, you just got to chill out. Uh, <laughs> you just got to trust that, uh, that this that we're going to get through all this and get it back into normal next year. But I mean, you, you can't be sitting there flipping out because we can't run the ball. Uh, God damn you, Brian Kelly, uh, when your entire second string is out there uh, and forced to be out there. Uh, so things are a little bit different this year. So not only stay positive, but like your, your uh, critiques might have to change a little bit too. Uh, not to say that, you know, you Brian Kelly's above criticism because he's not, and you know, there could be some bonehead decisions or, or whatnot, but you're going to have to put into account all the other stuff that's going on <laughs> as well. What's that by throwing in a monsoon, by the way, boys, um, I, when I wrote my article, uh, I, I wrote something recently. I don't know. It was about Chris Tiger being the best or something. I don't know. Or no, no, no. It was about, uh, it was about, uh, looking at the all ACC team. Have yeah. you guys watched the ACC network since the Notre Dame's joined? It's a delight. Oh, they're, they're all it's in. It's an absolute delight to watch the ACC network. <laughs> if you guys aren't watching the ACC network right now, what are you doing with your life? Do not put on ESPN tomorrow. Put on – because every day they run um, – you know, Mark Packer's got an ACC show, and he still kind of ignores Notre Dame. But watch like the ACC new football news program that they put on at like 5 o'clock. They're very nice to Notre Dame. They're trying to woo us. They're whining and dining us. They're saying nice things about all of our players and Ian Book and Brian Kelly and the defense. They're being Notre very Dame nice. Got to two them. first place votes from the ACC media. They got two the, first place votes. And I guarantee you it was not from Notre Dame media. I fucking yeah. I, Notre Dame does not have that kind of media. If it was uh, Notre Dame media, nobody's copped to it yet. So no, it came from Charlotte from the ACC itself is they were like, yeah, it please was, stay in our conference. Not, you were amazing. The Notre Dame beat is the worst Homer beat of all time. They're terrible homers, which is fine. It's great. It means that they're, they're serious about their craft, but for like voting purposes, like in the AP poll, uh, I would, they could go a little more sec uh, for my taste. Yeah. Uh, but, they have two first place votes. Like, where did that come from? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, you know. Does this mean in the AP this year that Notre Dame's going to get some ACC love or ACC? It, uh, maybe probably. Dabo paid, paid a couple guys off. So he had something to fucking. They're counting us out. They're counting us out. The yeah, I, that's not actually. That's not. Comes disrespect wrong. is real. But yeah, the ACC network is actually a delight because if you watch ESPN and in college game day, they were actually pretty complimentary of Notre Dame with Lee Corso uh, getting on board. Uh, never mind the bear ignoring the Iowa state Notre Dame bowl game, but <laughs> weird. that was so weird. It was very that weird. He doubled I mean, down again tonight. It's I mean, it to, I understand people jumping on the Iowa state 
Brock Purdy train only because that's what people are doing. That's the only reason I understand it. Like the actual like reasonings, what reasons don't make any sense, but, but everyone's doing it. So, okay. Uh, but for him to like go on and on about Iowa state and then not mention that the best team they played last year, whooped the shit out of them. Uh, I mean, like it was nothing. Uh, I mean, don't you say that? I mean, you would have hyped them up, like talking about winning their conference possibly. And yet, and you want to bring up games they barely lost last year oh, as signs. Yeah, not, yeah. yeah. Not the last game they played in getting their butts handed to them. I don't know. I'm a little over this Oklahoma love right now too. I mean, fucking Spencer Rattler is going to have to do something before. I mean, they're going to have to not give up. I can't get behind that. They're going to have to give up not 40 points in a playoff game for me to take them seriously. Well, and that's why I didn't take Oklahoma to win the big 12. I just, I I, I don't think wrong. There has to be, there has to be a down spot and bringing in a new quarterback, a young quarterback that wasn't some transfer. I just, I don't see it for Oklahoma this year. Uh, Oklahoma state seemed like a fun bet. So I'm going to make my fun bet on that. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sold on Oklahoma by any means. And everybody's got them. I mean, penciled in for the playoff. Like, and if not, they got Texas, which I mean, how many times is Texas going to have to let you down? I mean, for real. I mean, Texas may as well be your pallbearer, your funeral, so they can let you down one last time. (laughs) I've heard that joke before, and I still laughed. (laughs) But it's because it fits so good. That's that's the best. That's the best known joke to use right there. That's fantastic. I don't know. It's going to be a wild year. But yeah, the ACC network, they're all they're loving. I mean, Lee Corso, I just. I don't know. Maybe Corso just can't. He was all in. Ian Book for Heisman. Notre Dame in the playoffs. Yeesh. Uh, I'll take whatever pencil he's eating. If Notre, I, you know what? If Notre Dame makes the playoffs, I don't think that it's outside. Of, the only way Notre Dame's going to the playoffs is if Ian Book is in the Heisman conversation. I don't think that that's a hot which take. I, which I have. I have Trevor Lawrence, Ian Book, and Chubba Hubbard uh, as your top three Heisman candidates for this year. That means Notre Dame's at least going one on one against Clemson. So sign me up. Yeah. Sign me up. Love it. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm gonna be right, but I mean, <laughs> that's what I that's why I end up took. You know, that's what I took. Did you guys know? I mean, this there's fun facts that you that watching the uh, ACC network. I did not know that Travis Etienne was the ACC Offensive Player of the Year the last two years. Oh, wow! If, if you last the two things years. that the things that Travis Etienne has been doing sort of under the radar last year, just Travis Etienne under the radar, 19 touchdowns running the ball, uh, four touchdowns receiving. He only touched the ball 207 times last year to 16, 14 rushing yards, but he had 19 touchdowns, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I can't even remember. Has a Notre Dame running back ever run for 19 touchdowns? And Lynn J. Dixon, their backup, had six touchdowns rushing as well. Um, Clemson's going to be a tough ask, but uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that in November. Yeah, we'll get to that in November. We'll see. I I got a lot of questions about Clemson's defense right now that they can answer. To <clears throat> there's just a lot. There's more unknown. There's more unknowns about them right now than than knowns. Uh, but exactly excited should, about I think their we have a confidence that they're going to be good. What's rotation. that? 
I'm not excited about their wide receiver rotation. I mean, they're kind of in the same boat as Notre Dame. Amari Rodgers I mean, is only returning. I mean, he's fantastic. You lose, but. you lose T. Higgins to the draft and Justin Ross to injury. That's that's a that's a heavy hit. Joseph Nagata's got 17 catches. Frank Ladson's got nine catches. They only have returning as far as their starters go. They only have 56 uh, catches returning. We had the same. We had this exact same conversation about uh, Georgia last year. Last year, yeah. Well, yeah, because they were turning a quarterback wide receivers. Um, I mean, almost the exact. They lost all their wide receivers. They had they, nobody. They brought back. back a fantastic they had running De- back. They had Demetrius Robertson come, transfer back in from Cal, but they had. I mean, I thought. I mean, and they weren't great, but that wasn't really their receivers' fault. Uh, it was more their offensive scheme. They had an elite left uh, tackle because Jackson Carmen is elite. And who's the Georgia left tackle last year? It was uh, 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 Andrew Thomas. Yeah, Andrew Thomas. Yep. So an elite left tackle and the rest of the lines just sort of like, yeah, yeah. Uh, George's line was a little bit more than, yeah, yeah, though. Those was, was a big ass boy. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Be- better. Way better than what Clemson's got this year. I mean, just just along the offensive line. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Notre, I mean, I Notre Dame did a hell of a job against Georgia last year. I thought defensively. Like I mean, standing up in the run game. I mean, they they put on a. That that's really where you saw you know Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa like. Notre Dame plays that game at home and Drew, you don't Drew have a hundred. I mean, oh Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa was a man on a mission. Notre Dame plays that game at home and there's not 157 false start penalties. They probably win, but I don't know. I guess we're gonna see that play out um, at home in on November 11th or November 7th, right? I just uh, all I'm asking is for 28 degrees uh, with a firm breeze, and I'll be fine. I, I'd be fine. Maybe for a, a slight game. mist of rain. I, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but um, and I know that on other podcasts they were talking about how many points is Notre Dame going to give up this season. I don't see the Clemson Notre Dame game being a shootout. I see a night game in South Bend in hopefully the 30s. Being a game where both teams are not unlike the Georgia game, both Georgia games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think I think like a nineteen seventeen game. I think so. against you know, Notre Dame and Clemson in November seems reasonable. I I think that's uh, more plausible than than a thirty four thirty one game. Oh yeah, that might be what we see in December on December twelfth or nineteenth, depending on when they play it. That's what we're going to see in Charlotte. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. I, it, if the weather plays out the way that we kind of hope, I mean, and even if it doesn't, it's still going to be cold. I what mean, was I the just, temperature for that Florida state game in two, 93? Oh, that was, balls. it was warm. That was, Wasn't it warm? It was, game? it snowed and then it, it didn't, it snow. He's talking and about then 93, it not 2018. Yeah, 93. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it warmed up. Yeah, warmed like up. The, I think I over the course of the game, I think it got warmer and warmer too. I yeah. thought about Florida State a couple years ago. I'm like, no, man. That oh no, that 2018 cold. game, they did not want to be there. <laughs> and Brady no. was just <laughs> jamming it down their throat. Yeah, you no. know, and that was that was a perfect use of Brandon Wimbush, even though he had to play. Yeah. Like that that was a perfect use of him, like for that kind of game where they didn't want to be there. We could just run around them, throw a few short passes, which, you know, wasn't exactly Brandon Wimbush's yeah, forte. Uh, 
the D end for uh, Florida State Burns was like, I just want to get drafted. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> get me out of here. Uh, the classic, uh, classic Dexter Williams throwing the deuces up on a long run. <laughs> Love it. All right. All right. Well, let's get out of here. And, um, and yet, yeah, so we're full on on the site. I mean, it's, it's full on. It's, well, I guess next week will be even more full on because we'll have game reviews and uh, and then lead into another game. But uh, but it's it's the season, y'all. I'm already stressed out, and it is fucking Monday, so that's how I know uh, that we're in it. So keep on trucking. Check out the site. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're on Google Podcasts too, by the way. Uh, Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts. Uh, just smash that subscribe button as as hard as you fucking can leave a rating leave a review um it's gonna get wild and weird and we're here for all of it so for brendan and jude go irish